Perry. Hey, how are you, Francisque, Judy, Jeff? Hello. Hey, how are we doing today? Yeah, we're doing well. We're doing well. It's dark yeah. outside. It's a beautiful evening. Beautiful evening there and a beautiful day in the Carolinas. Uh, what time is it where you are? Uh, 6, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. End of, end as of we day. like to say here, we like to say here in the Carolinas, it's, it's about time to pop a top on a beer or a, a, a uncork a bottle of wine and, and kick back and relax a little bit. Don't worry. When I finish talking to you, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Yes, sir. That's great. So bring us up to speed of where you guys are at right now with, with uh, any new products or, or what's been going on as far as in your industry. Because I've been doing some, you know, some background stuff, but, you know, just you know, share me where we are right now. Well, we, um, I mean, we presented last year at, on EPAR Trade and it was our first, our first webinar. And mm -hmm. at the end of that presentation, we spoke about some of our future, future projects, um, you know, things that we wanted to achieve. And this time I can talk about those projects. We've got some, some smaller wastegates. We've got um, an electronic wastegate in development. We've got some coatings. We've got larger, um, larger anti-lag valves. Um, we're kind of responding to, as well as putting products we think the market is looking for, we respond to what our customers want. You know, if they, if they ask for something, there's a reason. If it makes them go quicker, then we'll, we'll do that. Or we'll try anyway. Yeah, and, and I found that interesting in, uh, in some of the reading I was doing, that how you customize the wastegates uh to the to the customer's deal i mean it's not like you know you got to go i mean i would say it like this you don't really have a one size fit all type deal you know you don't go to the shelf and say okay you want this well we only got this you have the ability to tune that wastegate to that application no matter what might be right yeah everyone comes to us they have their own boost requirements every engine tuner has their own philosophy mm -hmm. about you know how they want to run an engine and we listen to what they want we can provide different materials we can provide different springs different clamps whatever you need we, we try and provide and we deal with a lot of oems and they all have their own way of doing things neither is right nor wrong they just different and everyone wants to follow their own path so we try and give the tools to each customer to do what they need to do so how about bringing us up to speed also on the different types of materials that you're using in your wastegates and, and how that affects some of the performance and some of the requirements that are necessary as far as your product? Well, that's, that's a great question, Jeff. We found that quality is everything. If you want to get good performance, you've got to have great quality. And, um, you know, this was a hard learned lesson because we've had some failures on the track. And that, that hurts, that hurts a lot. So we took a decision many, many years ago, all of our wastegate castings are in Canel, in Canel 625. Um, you know, it's a, it's a great material, it's phenomenal heat resistance. All of our valves are forged at a mnemonic 80. So very, very hard, awesome quality. And um, where we can, we use titanium, sometimes series regulations say you, you can't. So once again, we, we explore everything to the limits of the regulations but quality is what drives us when you when you talk about 
the different sizes. I mean, how, how many different sizes are there and where, where does that begin? You said you've gotten smaller, but how big can you get? How does that, how does that also kind of factor well, in? There's two things here. One is the size of the valve you need, and that's driven mm -hmm. by the amount of boost you're running, you know, the engine speed, power. Um, and we only we have three main sizes there. We have an inch and a quarter. Yeah, we have an inch and a quarter, inch and a half, and approximately two inches as the main valve. When I say we're coming down in size, it's it's the overall package and the, the weight of the product that we're driving down. Um, you know, weight is the enemy of speed. So the lighter we can produce something without compromising quality or performance, then, you know, that, that's what we're going for. And I've got some examples to show a little bit later on. Okay, great. Fire away. I look forward to seeing them here. Okay, I'm going to... Um, can I share a screen here with you guys? Please, please okay. do. Let's have a... Okay, here we go, guys. Um, I think the first thing is, you know, we're talking about wastegate development trends and, and most of our <laughs> development is responding to requirements from customers. So you've got to remember, everything we do is driven by quality and, you know, and winning. So this is a slide from our presentation last year. And also in December, and we said what we were going to develop in 2021 was an electronic wastegate, a water-cooled wastegate, larger mm -hmm. anti-lag valves. And in typical racing fashion, everything had to be faster, cooler, lighter, mm -hmm. smaller, you, you name it. So we also noticed some trends over the year. Things are going smaller, wastegates are going smaller, lighter, springs are getting lighter. People are running with, well, they, they want to run a lighter spring in the interest of response time, in the interest of control. Um, temps, temperatures are going higher. We're doing some work with Dakar, you know, some of the competitors in the Dakar rally. Um, then we're using quite a few coatings to try and control temperature. And the previous speakers from Zycote Tim and Will, that, that was fascinating because that was a, another take on, you know, what we do. We use a different product, but it's all for the same, mm -hmm. the same end, you know, to improve efficiency and performance. And then, you know, the other trend is towards electronic wastegates. As ECUs are getting better, as people's knowledge is getting, you know, better, uh, more and more electronic wastegates. So, um, yeah, we have quite a lot on our plates and it's, it's good. It's challenging. So the first thing was the water-cooled wastegate. Um, this is used in rallycross quite a lot. Um, you can run a, quite a lot of boost with this particular product. Uh, we also use it in road-going supercars. It just allows things to run a little bit cooler. This particular example, you can see there's a reasonable amount of power, 768 horsepower and sort of, uh, a, you know, 800 newton meters of torque. It's it's huge, um, and the water-cooled wastegate dealt with this brilliantly. If you have a look at the picture right behind the wastegate, you can also see um, our, our anti-lag valve, and this is um, a trend we're seeing more and more. The wastegate running in tandem with an anti-lag valve. Once again, every manufacturer has their own philosophy, their own way of setting these things up and running them. We often get 
customers ask what's the best way to control each of each and the other it's difficult to tell there's no one way uh, it depends what you're trying to achieve um, and a lot of engine builders have their own philosophies and they go down their own path um, this was a big win um, you can see there's two wastegates in the picture on the right hand side the wastegate on the right which is our the bigger of the two is our medium wastegate. This is, um, it's got a, an inch and a quarter valve. It's been going for years. When I say that, we've been selling that for about 20 years. So recently we produced the LW wastegate. It's really imaginative name, lightweight. Okay, that's LW. But you can see it's significantly smaller. It's also lighter. It's a 1.2 pounds lighter than, um, you know, the medium wastegate. And um, a Rallycross customer, uh, his first comment was, you know, the boost control strategy is simpler and easier because the ratio of membrane area to uh, valve area is, it's tuned. All of the components inside the gate are, are lighter, therefore controlling it is easier, run a lighter spring. So it's win-win the whole way. Um, here are a couple of, you know, more images of the installation. And the one thing you notice in the picture of the, the engine installation there, you see the, the gate on the right. And there's that anti-lag valve again on the, on the left-hand side. So marrying the two from a, a flow area point of view um, is, is quite a trick and an art, really. You want to make sure that you don't have an imbalance in, in flow. So... Which brings me neatly onto anti-lag valves. Now, the one on the left, the uh, 1.06 square inch inlet, we've had that one for about 10 years now, and it's one of our most popular anti-lag valves. But we had a few customers as their turbo sizes increased, you know, they found that uh, they needed more airflow in order to keep everything spinning and so on. So they've pushed for a larger anti-lag valve and we've increased the flow area from 1.06 to 2.24 square inches so it, it's a massive increase uh, and it's allowed a lot of customers to run much larger turbos and still maintain a, a good degree of anti-lag um, so once again if you ask you know we, we will try and help um, the valve on the in the picture the valve on the right is the standard Standard anti-lag valve, as it were, with um, pneumatic control above and below the membrane. But we've had a couple of customers who who wanted a solenoid controls um, uh, anti-lag valve because you know that reduces the lag even more. It gives you a much more instantaneous response. So we produced the version on the left-hand side, which is to take two industrial solenoid valves. Uh, the plumbing is simpler. You only have one hose going to the to the anti-lag valve and then the solenoid valves decide where the airflow goes. So once again, it's a case of responding to what, to what the customer wants. Uh, both of those valves have um, sensors so you can detect um, exactly where the valve is and they're hall effects so no contact um, available to work in hazardous environments. Okay. I think we've gone far enough here. I need to ask a dumb question when I'm trying to understand, and I think I understand some of the principles, but I want to make sure I, I don't miss an opportunity to uh, 
show my ignorance, but at the same time, maybe understand it a little bit better. The anti-lag valve and the way you've got this set up yep. is to keep from when you, when, when you, and I'm, I'm trying to make sure I understand this, is when you're going back to the throttle, is that momentary delay or uh, too much fuel being dumped into where all of a sudden it's like it makes a bigger bang uh, no, it's creates when, problems? It's when you back off the throttle and everything okay. closes down, the, the turbo tends to stall and start slowing down. Right. So mm -hmm. when you then get ready to put your foot down again, um, if the turbos slow down, you've got to wait for it to spool up. Right. What this lets you do is as the turbo, as you back off on the throttle, on the pedal, you can inject a pulse of air into the manifold, which keeps the turbo spinning. So that the theory is to keep it spinning at all times. So that when, and you know, not, not lose any momentum. So when the time does come to, you know, power out of the corner, your response is much, much better. Correct. Okay. All right. So, that, um, that, again, that was a better way for you to, I understand that completely now is it, it's not a matter of, it's trying to keep that turbine spinning to yes. where whenever it calls, calls for the fuel to go back into it, it hasn't got to get wound up to be able to really take full benefit of it. It's, exactly. it's in, more instantaneous, I want to say. Yeah, more responsive. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just that it's an anti-lag valve. In it. And yeah. as I mentioned, the, the bigger the turbo, uh, the, you know, and the bigger the turbo, the more the lag. This is just more momentum to overcome. Mm -hmm. So a, a, lot of, a lot of OEMs have put smaller and smaller turbos on their cars because you get a much better response. The problem is the, the power that you're chasing just isn't there because you're boost limited. So that's, that's the, the one. It's kind of like a way to have your cake and eat it too. It, it's the only way. It's yeah. The only way. So, you know, when you're, when you're seeing this package you've got here, what is the life on one of these things? I mean, is it, a, is there, are they, Maintenance free, or is it something you got to, you know, when you when you use it X number of hours, you got to do something to it. How does that work? We say our, our stuff normally lasts a season of racing. Um, mm -hmm. Many years ago in the World Touring Car Championship, we supplied an OEM and they would run one of our gates and one of our anti-lag valves for the entire season, which was about 4,000 competition miles. Um, Servicing is relatively easy. There are not many parts inside. We replace the seals, all of the all of the rubber bits. We replace, um, mm -hmm. re-grease, you know, uh, valve guides and so on, and and you're good to go again. It, it is very very easy to service and relatively maintenance free. So, it's keeping control of temperature as well. Temperature is, you know, can be the enemy. So. Right. As, as long as we keep some air blowing over them or keeping them cool, that's fine. No issues at all. I love it. I can, um, yeah, you know, talking about um, heat and temperature, you know, exactly as um, Tim McCarthy was saying, we, we, we don't want to get the heat radiating into the engine bay. We want all of that heat to go down through the pipes, you know, it, it, it gives us much greater efficiency. And we've had a lot of requests for 
for coatings. Now I know Tim's was a polymer-based coating and I'm really interested to find out more about that, I have to say. Um, our standard coating is, it comes from the UK and it's, uh, we have two styles. One is um, a ceramic coating, the sort of black coating there. And then we also have an Inconel blanket, which is on, and you can see we apply that on uh, wastegate castings, also on anti-lag valves. So mm -hmm. once again, we're chasing every little bit of performance we can. Um, which coating you, you get depends on what you want and what you're trying to achieve. As always, everything's a balance, I suppose. Oh yeah. Uh, Perry, let me make sure I interject this real quick. You know, our attendees out there. Now, if you got a question for Perry, don't be afraid to uh, type it in and we'll be glad to get it up there in front of him so that he can uh, you know, answer your questions or give some insight that, that we were not touching on. Uh, this is what this webinar is all about. So please uh, be, be, be part of it with us and don't feel like you just have to sit there and uh, listen, you can participate, please do. Um, I'm gonna move on to uh, probably one of the most exciting uh, developments we've had. Earlier this year, we did um, an electronic wastegate for a customer. And once again, you can see there's an Inconel blanket around the casting, but this is using a commercially available um, actuator, electronic actuator uh, made by a German company called Megaline. It's a, it's a beautiful piece of engineering, but it's quite a complicated piece, but it was our first, our first attempt. And um, it, it worked well and you know, it, it looks good, but the package is quite big as you can see. So we then went to Mark II with our drivers being reducing the size again because that makes for easier packaging and also reducing the weight. So we've developed a system um, using a brushless DC motor and it's significantly you know lighter than current a current wastegate. Um, and then the really big deal is we did some testing with this. And we managed to achieve something we've never really achieved. There was always a degree of leakage with a standard membrane wastegate. Uh -huh. um, so here we are, here though, we had a 60 PSI pressure um, on, the bottom, on the bottom of the valve. And you can see on the, on the flow gauge, zero flow. It's actually completely sealed at 60 PSI uh, boost pressure. This is huge. So um, now we're investigating further. You know, it seems too good to be true. So we want to see if we can break it. We haven't managed yet. Um, th this is a very big deal. You know, only the Rallycross guys, maybe Formula One are in that sort of region of, you know, 60 PSI boost, um, which is gigantic. Uh, so if we can control this and do it well, then, then we're very, very, excited about the future for for this product okay so based off what you're telling me here because that was one of the questions i had for you you know what boost level you know can your waste gate tolerate but is this kind of like is this the target number right here that we're talking about 60 psi i mean that 60 psi is huge you know normally um you'd run 15 maybe 20 psi 
Um, okay. Rallycross guys, they normally run 60 PSI, but a standard membrane style wastegate, you know, the life is limited at that, at that boost pressure. Um, so Formula One, we, we done some products and yeah, they're also run at that, that uh, boost pressure, but normal boost pressures less than 30 PSI, you know, and even 30 PSI is quite high. So I think what this is showing us, it's showing us the art of the possible, you know, what we can achieve regularly. The thing that fails at high boost in a wastegate is normally the membrane. The whole big deal with the electronic wastegate is there is no membrane to fail. So it gives you control right away. And so if we can make this as reliable as the rest of our products, I will be over the moon because that'll be a huge, huge win. And the point is, if it can withstand, you know, 60 PSI happily, if you're running it at 30 PSI, then, you know, your reliability is going to be awesome, which is what we chase at the end of the day. Okay. With, with all that being said, I want to, I want to come to you and talk to you about, you know, building me a wastegate. What is, what is the lead time for build? And then at the same time, after I've got it, I'm out there running it, whatever. And I need to get some, I want to send it back into you for service. Okay. What kind of turnaround time are we talking about? Um, if you come to us and you order one of our standard wastegates, our turnaround time is normally two weeks, um, hmm. sometimes less, but I'm going to say two weeks because then no one's disappointed. Um, and that, you know, includes shipping to wherever you happen to be in the world. That, that's not an issue at all in this day and age. Um, normally, shipping to our customers in the States, they get goods about two days after we ship from here. So as for servicing, as I mentioned, most, most of our products are good for four or 5,000 miles quite happily. So at the, at the end of your season, you can either return the wastegate for a service or we offer service kits as well if you want to do that yourself. Um, we do provide videos to help with servicing if, if that's what, what you require. Um, but yeah, that's, that's generally the way we, we work. And it's all about having a relationship with the customer at the end of the day. You know, everyone has their own requirements and we just want to make sure you get what you want. Speaking of, you know, you're in the UK, is there anybody in the United States that's got like a, a service representative or a product, you know, store where if you wanted to try to get something here in the United States, can you? Um, at the moment, no. Um, we've been talking about this quite a lot and we investigated the possibility of having service agents in the States and in, in Europe as well. And a lot of the works teams, the OEM, you know, manufacturer teams said what they valued was the, the personal relationship we had. Um, and they right. didn't, want, they didn't necessarily want to talk to a distributor. They wanted to, if they had a problem, they wanted to talk to us straight away. And I know you, you're in the States, um, so time difference can be anything from five to, to 12 hours, eight hours. That's fine. You know, the, the phones here mm -hmm. are on all the time, as is email. So it's all about the relationship at the end of the day. Um, and no one knows our products like we do. That's, um, you know. That's, that's understandable. But I was just curious to see, you know, how far you had progressed. Um, as I say, in, in, in the last season 
it's something we we wrestle with quite a lot. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we supply a, a, an IndyCar manufacturer. Um, so, you know, we stand behind our product. Um, if I can, if I can place one of me somewhere in the States, then I'll be happy. Otherwise, <laughs> no one's going to be as passionate about this as the person who owns the company. That that's the problem. If no, you can I, that, yourself, that I understand yeah. and I can, I can appreciate Perry. I really can, because I mean, it, they're your babies, you know, yeah. and you know, them. You, you, you know, exactly which ones and what did this and what did that. And when somebody calls you, you understand how to yeah. tell them how to fix it. If, it, if it's the simplest thing, get it off and get it back to me. I, you know, it's not to come back here. Yeah. That's what you're looking for. If even a customer, just tell me what I need to do to get it fixed. Yep. And that's, that's what you're looking for. Exactly. That that's the way to go. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, we've got all these great things. So we've had a year of change, but there's a lot mm -hmm. of things that, don't change and they will never change. I've, I've mentioned the Inconel castings for our wastegates. I've mentioned the forged valves from the Monic 80. The membranes we do use in the standard wastegates, they're incredible, incredible quality, manufactured by Diacom in the USA. Um, all of our components are machined from billets and everything is batch controlled. So, you know, if you come to me with a gate and it's marked with our serial number, I can tell you who built it, when they built it, when it was dispatched. And we can, that's going back years. Um, and all nuts, bolts are all aerospace components. Uh, everything is talked. You'd be amazed how many people don't talk things. And every single assembly, once again, has an individual life number. So, you know, if you buy a gate from me, I will know it's Jeff's, it's Jeff Hammond's gate and I can tell you who built it and you can, you know, we can give you its entire life as a, as a history. Right. So, and that can follow, you know, very often, you know, people buy and sell race cars all the time and we'll get someone who never, we've never dealt with before. And they say, they've got a gate of ours and this is a serial number. And we'll go, oh, great. We can tell you exactly what the history is of that and how it's been treated. So, yeah, yeah. as you say, every, every product is a baby. No, I mean, when you're when you're putting this much emphasis on getting it right, a lot of times you're the only one that can do it right. And that's well, just the way it is. And, and know, that's good. Isn't that, you know, goes through in the in the championships that we're involved in. Indy, I've mentioned. Le Mans and World Endurance Championship. Uh, DTM you know, won the championship there. Super GT, uh, Rally Rallycross. World Rally Championship, World Touring Cars, as it was, GT3. And I mean, the GT3s are racing all over the world. Now there's, you know, um, incredible uh, championships on every continent in the world. And it's been phenomenal for us. It's been phenomenal for business. And then the reason I've put F1 there is, well, we'll see what happens in the next little while as to who wins the championship. And then maybe I'll make that not a gray number, but a, not a gray letter, but a black one. We'll see. You're still in the fights, what you're trying to tell me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what matters. Absolutely. What matters. We'll know in the next two weekends. Well, good luck with that, because I'd like to see this whole list all black with your product on it. 
Well, so would I. Believe me, so would I. All right. Well, good luck with that. I see Francis is back, and yeah, it's kind of like to say uh, he's there to tell me and you that we, it's time for us to quit playing and we got to move on. Well, thank you, Jeff. It's been a pleasure. Well, has uh, yeah, been mine too, sir. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, I've known Perry for probably 15 or, or 20 years. Yeah, that's about, about right. And I've seen him build his company from a one-man man shop uh, to this beautiful organization with also he has another company called angle consulting and he really mm -hmm. is competing at the top level in every uh, racing categories around the world and that just uh, show how dedicated he is and uh, so thank you very much perry for being with us yep. thank you guys it's a pleasure as always The concept for EPAR trade is basically, in my opinion, there's a big hole in the internet. So the internet started many years ago, but there's never been an online business community for racers on the World Wide Web. The need for EPAR trade is actually quite obvious. Basically, people in the business of auto racing need a place online to hang out and get their problems solved. It's extremely simple for a buyer or for a supplier to interact on the platform. The first thing you need to do is sign in, which is free. And the second thing is when you see a product that you're interested in, all you need to do is click on request more information. If it's a company, you click on request more information. And then from there, it is forwarded directly to the buyer or to the supplier. You can go to epartrade.com, you become part of a community of businesses in racing, and it makes uh, sourcing products much easier than just on the internet or using Google. At epartrade, there is no e-commerce. It's literally a connection just like at a trade show. So now, any time of the year, a buyer could reach out to a supplier through an email. More than that, it's a place to go to just to keep current every day. So it's a good place to start your workday in your racing business or in your offices of your professional race team. And you know you're current when it comes to new technology, industry news, technical papers, technical videos, all of that and more. We're not looking for a million hits per day. All we want is people who are really the volume buyers of racing products in the racing industry to be part of the little world of EPAR trade. We have racing businesses participating from around the world. So you get suppliers from around the world, you get buyers from around the world. EPAR trade really eliminates having to travel, closing down your shop. Now you have a place to showcase globally your racing product and technology. There are two types of people, racers and everyone else. Racer Magazine is for those who believe that racing is a way of life. Racer embodies the excellence that defines a sport driven by passion, courage, and ingenuity. Get one year of both Racer's print and digital edition for only $39 with instant access to our entire digital issue archive. Subscribe now at info.racer.com.